So welcome to Conspiracy Say What? Uh, we go over conspiracies, little and big and giant and tiny. Uh, we go over all kinds of conspiracies, and today we're going over Skinwalker Ranch. I'm Cameron. I'm one of the hosts. Hello, I'm Allie. That's Allie. And, and today we're joined by... It me, Chelsea. Hello. <laughs> Hello. So as an introduction to Chelsea here, um, what is your favorite conspiracy? Okay, so I mean, I think Project Pegasus would be my favorite one. It involves a lot of time travel and teleporting and some stuff about Obama ending up on Mars as a teenager. It's a trip. Um, and that was the original one that I wanted to do, but it's, it's a lot. There's a lot that happens. So not like this one isn't also a lot, but <laughs> I feel like Project Pegasus would have been like a three parter or something at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So welcome. Thanks. Um, this is going to be a doozy. Skinwalker Ranch is, um, I think my favorite phrase that's been used is basically Skinwalker Ranch is paranormal Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> it's so <laughs> full of just things happening. And um, it's like a conglomeration of Native American lore, aliens, uh, portals, ghosts, um, not really ghosts, I guess. It's uh, poltergeist. Poltergeist, yeah. yeah. Kind of, sort of. It's like Shadow that gray people. area, right? Yeah. Shadow mm-hmm. figures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, UFOs? UFOs? Monsters. Yeah. Lots of UFOs. Yeah. The, yep. whole, the whole basin is filled with UFOs, not mm-hmm. just Skinwalker. Exactly. Yeah. The whole reason why it's called Skinwalker Ranch is because the, the native tribes in the area, which were the Ute and the Navajo, they have a legend about the Skinwalker, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard of, and I'm sure a lot of people have not. Uh, we'll get to it. But the, the ridge that kind of runs through the, the north side of the ranch is rumored to be the path of the Skinwalker. Um, so thus it's called Skinwalker Ranch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's about 512 acres, and it was technically a cattle ranch, but you know, more like a cattle mutilation ranch. Hamburger ranch? Ground <laughs> <For laughs> <aliens>. beef? Yeah. <laughs> you wish it was that simple. <laughs> yeah, I just, I kind of found it interesting that uh, it, it's technically still the Sherman Ranch and like it has a real life name and everybody's like, nope, nope, scariest thing that's happened here. That's what we're calling it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just infamously known as that. And now it's called the Adamantium Skinwalker Ranch. I found out. I want to know who chose that name. It's run under, isn't it a shell corporation? I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. is how he bought it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the guy who owns it, uh, Brandon Fugel chose Adamantium. So I guess he's got a like Wolverine, right? That's (laughs) That's the thing I can think of. Uh So, so this ranch is also located in the Uintah Basin in Utah. And um, weird shit happens in the whole thing all the time and has basically been happening since like the early 1900s. People did a poll in the area and it uh, came back with about four out of five residents believe in like UFOs, aliens, just strange phenomena. A a lot of them have seen things. Um, I saw about 
it was between 50 and 60% of residents in that area would say that, yes, they had seen or experienced UFOs. Um, But I think that may have been for the entire UFO alley. Um, And that goes like down to like Roswell and stuff and like all the way up through Utah. So that whole strip of desert where there's a lot of UFOs, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And it's similar to another episode we did on San Luis Valley. Yeah. But Crestone has a lot of sightings too. Yeah. Yeah. And that one's in San Luis yeah, Valley. It's so it's like Valley. another oh, okay. it's, it's another Crestone. alien hotspot thing. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. this whole stretch of land is full of weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this thing is kind of traded hands a lot. I don't know when the ranch started. I'm assuming since our timeline starts in nineteen thirty four. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, because of its proximity to the the reservations, um, it sounded like they, um, the original homesteaders were buying up those uh, smaller parcels of land, which is pretty common in ranching. Uh, but I kind of read between the lines a little bit that like maybe they were buying up some of the uh, original tribal allotments, but that's that's assumption on my part. Uh, context clues. That's um, <laughs> but yeah, especially with the different homestead buildings, like 1934 is like total homestead time. And then 1994 to 1996, um, which was only 18 months. They didn't make it the full 24. Terry and Gwen Sherman lived there, thus the Sherman Ranch. Um, and they were the ones who then sold it to Robert Bigelow, uh, who was the one to start the um, the paranormal investigation the compound? Yeah. Is that a fair way to? Uh, it's like I guess project. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Know, it's kind of a compound, <laughs> culty. And then uh, 2016 to present, it's owned by Brandon Fugel, quote unquote Adamantium Holdings. Yeah, and he only recently just came out. Like he went public with the fact that he's the guy that owns it. Um, yeah. There's a documentary that we watched uh, called Hunt for the Skinwalker, where in that you we see Brandon Fugel sort of like, you know, neck down. And <laughs> the whole deal of them still being on the ranch after he bought it was that they didn't reveal his identity, which other reporters have been through there. And they didn't reveal his identity until um, History Channel went there and did a docuseries. And they recently. super recently, like exactly a year ago. Mm-hmm. went there and they finally revealed you know did the whole documentary knowing it was brandon fugel and uh cam just said weirdness pizza with everything on it a quote by george knapp yep <laughs> uh we should call in an order for pizza and just ask for that and see what they send us <laughs> anyway yeah so that's like the basic part of skinwalker ranch it's just this weird hotbed. It's been around for a while. It also has, like, like we said, it started like as a ranch, probably like around 1934. But it has sightings in that area since long before that. Yeah. So it's yep. just a hotbed of activity. Kind of what kicks off like the whole thing, though, and kind of the interest in it is uh, a man called George Knapp really kind of brought it to the forefront with a book called Hunt for the Skinwalker. Uh, he was a journalist who got to actually work on the ranch. And he was one of the first people that was not in like the government or, you know, not someone who owned it that actually got to go research it just as like a normal person. And he did this with the help of, I believe it was with the help of Robert Bigelow, right? Who also founded NIDS, which is the National Institute for Discovery Science. Uh, and I think they've actually been brought up on this podcast before, but I don't remember when, I don't remember why, but I remember them being there. So 
<laughs> if you find I it, don't know. tell me which episode it's in. He's from Nevada. Uh, Mm-hmm. There was the um, the article that was published out of the newspaper in Salt Lake City. Hold on, I have it all the way at the bottom here. Um, was the Deseret, um, and that was published in 1996. It's an article called Frequent Flyers, lol, because UFOs. Um, and my understanding is that was the article that caught Bigelow's attention, and then he came in and offered to buy the ranch for like $200,000, which is a stupid low price for that much land for real that's that what i was is. thinking when i saw that i was mm-hmm. like that was like chump change for this guy probably yep he um apparently was the guy who started the like long-term stay hotels like the super cheap ones really yeah huh, huh. interesting yeah, so that's apparently how he made his money he's apparently a very eccentric human being which is why he even bought it in the first place just who he was and the new owner is not as eccentric but he's still just as interested so yeah they're both kind of just like alien nerds but the other guy was more like the kind of guy that we saw in our uh, men in black episode where you know he like started his own institute to uh, study ufos and aliens and shit so he did the same thing pretty much and then he bought a spooky ranch to test it (laughs) basically so the way bigelow did his research is he ended up working with the government he ended up getting funded by the government as far as we know most of the funding ended up coming from that when he was there and uh because of that because when you work with the government you're not allowed to say things that you might want to say all of the research is sealed pretty much there's a little bit of it that came out but nothing that's actually important all the important research is completely sealed and we're not allowed access to it so yeah, a lot of it was pretty much just Naps recordings that yep. were released. And even he is not allowed to say some things about it. There are some things that are very off record that even if he recorded, he wouldn't be allowed to show. Yeah. So it's okay. secret. Was anybody else super surprised by the Harry Reid connection to all this? You guys, did I miss something? Oh, you didn't come across that? So uh, Harry um, Reid was, is he a senator or governor oh yes i think senator he's the senator of nevada yeah Yeah. he was the senate majority leader at the time when um uh nids got funding and i guess he knows bigelow from back in the day like they're friends and so then with the um the second organization because it was nids and then bass i think it's a couple things i think so many acronyms, um, <laughs> but it wouldn't be a government-funded project without acronyms. Like, that was that connection because he was one of the people, like, on the committee who allocated those funds for that research. Yeah, I went down a few side rabbit holes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> of course, it's a Nevadan that would fund <laughs> alien research. <laughs> one of the biggest things, one of the most important ways to start off with Skinwalker Ranch uh, so that you understand the superstition, like how superstitious people are with it, is you do not dig on the ranch at all under any circumstances. You are to avoid digging as much as possible because disturbing the earth is basically just the worst omen you can give yourself. I mean, it kind of makes sense with like native lore also is you're not to disturb the earth. Yeah. Um, and they even, um, they actually bring in on the History Channel show where they're going over it, they bring in, uh, I don't remember. He's a spiritual leader. They gave him like a certain title and I don't remember what it was, but yeah, he's like a spiritual leader. And 
he even said that like one of the biggest things you can pay attention to is if anything bad happens after you dig up any dirt in a specific area, that is the basically the spirits telling you not to do that and to completely stop what you're doing. And it can get very dangerous if you don't stop. Uh, there are some people, though, that have tested this. Some mm-hmm. successfully, others not so much. Well, in the Vice article, um, he was talking about how somebody was, you know, digging. It was probably like fence posts or something mundane. Um, but basically, like, the membrane between the brain and the skull, like, got super inflamed and, like, mm-hmm. ran a fever, a localized fever just in that spot. It has a fancy medical term that I didn't write down. Um, but, yeah, and then, like, blisters and sores or, like, really severe burns following some digging. Right. Yeah. Um, side Ooh. note, sort of side note. We did watch all of the History Channel docuseries. In less on- than 24 hours. <laughs> we finished the whole thing, all eight episodes. We finished it. Too much. Anyway, in that, the guy that had, like, the the fluid in his skull, was he's one of the people that works on Skinwalker Ranch right now. So we got that story yeah. quite a bit because History Channel. But They um, keep bringing it up over <laughs> and over again. Yeah, it's like a hydrocephaly kind of thing, but it's not like in your skull. Mm-hmm. It's, it was in the skull. It was in between the skull and the skin. And Oh, it, I thought it was in the skull. No, that was the really weird thing. So it started in his neck. and then, It was a goose egg. Yeah, it was like a goose egg in his neck. And then as, as the days went on, it moved up his skull and then it was caught in between Ew. his skull and his skin, and they had to remove it. Yeah, it just filled uh, the fluid. It yeah. was, like, disgusting. And the whole reason why this happened, according to him, uh, the reason why it might have happened is because when he first came onto the ranch to be a researcher for uh, Fugel, he, he was told multiple times they can't dig, and he was wondering why. So he decided to just kind of, in rebellion, he decided to dig. <laughs> and three days later, he had that goose egg on his head. Yeah. So... Yeah. I guarantee he yelled for science before <laughs> starting <would>. to dig. <laughs> also, was the goose egg squishy? I don't know. It was just fluid, so I'm assuming probably. Yeah, which they, is disgusting. they didn't say, but I assume it was at least a little bit squishy. Just like poke, poke. Like a hard boiled egg, maybe? Ugh, just like. Stop it. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Hard boiled uh, goose. So that would be uh, an enormous doubled egg. Yeah, so it was just this weird little bump that he had. However, George Knapp, he tested it. He dug multiple holes. He then sat in a chair out in the middle of where they have some of the biggest sightings. And he sat there alone in the middle of the night where he couldn't see with no flashlights or anything. And he said that nothing happened. So hmm. sometimes people have an experience. Sometimes people have absolutely no experience. Regardless, uh, Fugel is very, very reluctant now to dig at all. Like, extremely annoyingly reluctant. It's like, don't yeah. dig because the lore says so. And it's like, but we're trying to do scientific tests. Yeah, he, he's and like, like <laughs> Exactly. And he's like, we're like researching, and we're going to research to the best of our ability, unless it is digging a hole. And then, <laughs> no research for us. Hmm. Um, hmm. Which, which will come up later in some of our notes. There's some like important things that they found that they still have yet to dig up because... Mm-hmm. You kind of can't dig it up. Um, and one of those things, for instance, is uh, it was found using ground-penetrating radar. That's like the most invasive mm. thing that they can do because it's non-invasive. But, um, and in that ground-penetrating radar, they did a stretch of road that runs the entire, um, the entire area for Skinwalker Ranch. It was on awesome. the road outside of um, Homestead 1 or like... It the- runs outside of Homestead 2. 
two. Two is the one that's not lifted. Yeah. So home. So there. Uh, for people who the old house. Think about this. There's there's two sections of houses on this specifically. One is Homestead One, which someone lives in. Those are where the ranch caretakers live, and Homestead Two, which is a set of abandoned buildings that they won't tear down because of the paranormal activity behind them. Um, but the m- the biggest hot spot is that area and. One of the things they found with ground penetrating radar is they found this thousand foot long object that runs parallel to that roughly 20 feet beneath the ground. So they don't know what it is, uh, but they did try to kind of dig to it and they were met with basically either bedrock or something else that was too hard to actually get through. So the drill couldn't get down below like 15 feet. Yeah, hard enough to break an industrial drill. Yeah, that's what they were afraid of. They hired an outside company and they said they were too afraid to keep going because they didn't want to break that machine. So I think it's a UFO. So they need to dig it up, uh, but Fugel is still, it seems, hesitant to dig it up. So he's trying to go other directions instead, even though you have have an object that's literally right there. And it's only 15 feet below the ground. Because when you map out the anomaly on on the radar, it's like a football disc shape. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's really interesting. And I'm like, so uh, dig it up! Excavate! Yeah. <laughs> so, continuing with uh, Homestead 2, the, like we said, this is the biggest area for specifically electromagnetic activity. Uh, it affects a lot of batteries and cell phones, and it affected one of the ground-penetrating radars. It's affected a drone, where this guy had been using a thermal drone over the entire area, and then they went to go test it over at Homestead 2, and it wouldn't connect. So he just couldn't fly it, so he ended up having to leave because it just wouldn't work and there's nothing else he could do. Uh, it's got a lot of weird activity like that. I think one of the scariest ones, though, is the radiation spike that happened. Yeah, so the radiation spike we saw in the, the History Channel docuseries, the, like the host guy that the History Channel sent in, Travis, was his name? Travis Taylor. Travis Taylor, yeah. He, he's one of those that's like, let's just do things for science. And they kept telling him no because superstition. And he was like, it seemed like with the look on his face, he was just kind of like, fuck. <laughs> um, so they come, like they're at Homestead 2 or whatever. And he finds a well after they like sort of saw that anomaly we just talked about under the ground and he's like what if this is the entrance like i should open this and the other guy was all like no the last time somebody opened this well uh they went like catatonic and they were like paralyzed standing for a while and he's like so we're just not going to open it and he goes like don't open it until we call and then the guy just like opened the well (laughs) and he's like i don't know just full of dirty water and whatever right so he closes the well and walks away and he's like, oh, I have like this weird lightheaded headache. And they had like these Geiger counter sensors on them. And he, it showed that he was hit with like, what was it? Like 120 something, like whatever something the measurement rads. is yeah, and per it, second. And it was like a huge, almost lethal dose of radiation that he was suddenly hit with yeah. upon opening the well. And there were two yeah. of them there. And one of them had, uh, they both had Geiger counters on their person. Everybody does here. Mm-hmm. There's so many radiation spikes. And one of them had one that was showing an even more frequent wavelength than the guy who had actually been hit by radiation. So but they were both showing heavy radiation doses. So there were two Geiger counters showing that. Uh, so it wasn't just one malfunctioning. But the right. weirdest thing is, you know, you can look at it and be like, oh, I just got a headache or whatever because it's hot and it's summer. 
or you know maybe the geiger counter was acting up but he got radiation burns on his face yeah weird yeah well, that's just like totally wild so king tut's tomb was opened what like a hundred years ago something and, like that yeah and like everybody got sick from that because mm-hmm. of the air and stuff and like if you're going to science science right if you're <laughs> opening something unknown science right put on your damn hazmat suits and i know right whatever what i was thinking this whole time is like if you know there's radiation here maybe we shouldn't do that yeah but i mean to be fair also it's just like a well and they were like "Ah, i don't know well no wells can have like built up natural gases and all kinds of funky stuff in there um that will just like rush out and wreck you know humans the crazy thing with that is that he got radiation burns like he had Mm -hmm. like like um Cancer patients who get radiation treatment, sometimes mm-hmm. they get those little red burns. He had them all the way down the side of his, um, the left side of his face oh. and on like the parts of his hand that he used to open the well. Yeah. And he like went to a doctor directly after and they confirmed it was radiation burns. Yeah. So like totally wild. And he, d- he didn't even assume they were radiation burns at first. He just didn't know what they were. And that's when he was told that they look exactly like radiation burns and that's what they treated him for. And to make it worse, uh, about, so a few weeks later when they like leave the ranch for a little while, uh, there is a follow-up and apparently sometime around then he actually developed a cyst on his finger as well, uh, where his knuckle is. And Mm -hmm. that is also something he's attributing to the, uh, to the radiation. Hmm. Yeah. So, and when they went back to test the area, nothing showed up on the Geiger counters. No radiation at all. That seemed to be a theme where like all of these like anomalous spikes and anything measurable, like it would trigger on multiple measurement devices. Yeah. And, but like it wouldn't consistently trigger in an area. Um, and it would- It moves, it seems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so this one was definitely like, it was damaging to his skin. Like it was enough radiation to hurt somebody. Yeah. And then it, there was absolutely no trace of it in the well later. Like one of the professionals they had come on the ranch brought like one that he could stick down like into the well, nothing showed up. And that, that's like a good example of kind of just how weird uh, Homestead 2 is. There's like other things that we'll talk about that also happen in Homestead 2 as well as all over the ranch. Uh, but I mean, Kind of like you said, Chelsea, it's it's like the King Tut's tomb thing. I didn't even think about that. That's that's what the guy who went catatonic reminds me of. Because that was just Fugel had brought some people on to look at the ranch. It's probably just like journalists. And it's stuff. Something, yeah. yeah. And they were all standing in one of the rooms of the broken home of Homestead 2. And he realized one of them was missing and he goes out to the car and the guy's just standing there staring up with his eyes closed. And he's like completely not moving or anything. And then that's when he like snaps him out of it. And he tells him that he opened up the well and then just felt completely paralyzed. And that would totally like, make sense. You get the, the stories of the trances throughout all of this, like especially with the cattle um, mm-hmm. where like something weird would, ha- would happen in the cattle. Were, I mean, like cattle don't really have a lot going on behind the eyeballs anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, which now fair. that I say that, like we're going to get to it, but like that's maybe a messed up thing to say in this context. Um, <laughs> but uh um but yeah like the cattle just like something weird would happen and they would just be like whoop and like there like not like nobody tipped them we haven't cow tipped or anything just like they're just stuck yeah yeah the glitch in the matrix factor <laughs> yeah it's a lot of glitches a lot of simultaneous <laughs> glitching the glitch ranch yeah <laughs> uh 
but so not only does homestead 2 have these kind of weird anomalies though but homestead 1 does as well and that's the one that someone still lives in uh, there are caretakers there who have been there for i think they said two or three years now shortly after fugal bought uh or bought the whole thing okay and, and this is the one that like the shermans lived in and the um yeah 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 uh, their names before then edith and keith something myers yeah yeah i know her right. name was edith such a good name yeah yeah kenneth and edith myers kenneth and edith they both just have it's all right uh Kendith. so kendith meyer we've morphed them Kendith myers <laughs> this is going somewhere it's a rabbit hole <laughs> Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, it is. It is the one that uh, it's pretty much the one that all of the owners have lived in at some point in time. It's been kept up because I mean that's where the people are, and it, it's get, it gets passed hands so often. Uh, yeah, they're basically the the actual ranchers of this yeah. place. You know, the ones mm-hmm. that keep an eye on the cattle when they're there. Right. Who kind of just keep up on the ranch. So this was the building with the law. Yes. Ooh. Lots and lots. Did you want to talk about the locks? <laughs> the locks like freak me out so much. Right. I don't want to throw that in like prematurely though, since it's like part of like the Sherman story, I feel like. So yeah, I mean like the, the, the overall thing is just that there's a lot of locks. That's like the easy way to put it. Yeah. 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 But uh this this house in general, it has just a lot of poltergeist activity in theory it's supposed to. It has uh like a lot of sounds the anybody who lives in it hears voices anybody who stays in it too long hears voices uh however one of the most uncomfortable things in the at least in the history channel show and probably one of the most uncomfortable things i've seen I hate this at skinwalker ranch is in the basement they've been you know they've always been hearing these noises and stuff and there was a point where the new people living there they had been hearing a voice and they were wondering where the voice is coming from and, they, and like they, knocking from the floor and knocking from the floorboards when they're in the kitchen and they thought that it was coming from the basement so they go to check it, which is insane to me because I would leave, but they go to check it and uh, it turns out that there's actually what looks like just a blank wall where it leads back into like the ground and then like a crawl space is actually a cube. Uh, it's a concrete and rock cube. It's like a room. Yeah. And it's a room with no entrances that like no way to get in. And the only reason why the guy realizes this is there's a slight break in the slab on top where you can kind of see this is a hollow. Somebody cemented room. it shut with two feet of cement. Yes. I did not see this anywhere. <laughs> yeah, Follow-up question. Think... Are there padlocks on the inside of this cube? <laughs> no, it's just it's just a concrete it's box. Literally just a concrete box. I and... am so upset by this. <laughs> I know. I this was the last episode we watched like before I went to bed at like one AM trying <laughs> to binge this. And yeah. I was like, okay, I need to bring the cat everywhere with me. <laughs> So, so this thing was super scary. Yeah. Can I talk about yeah, it? Yeah, go for it. Okay. <laughs> the funny thing was, is the two of the guys, like the, the host of the History Channel show, and then one of the guys that like works on the ranch, um, one of the research dudes, they like go down there and he's like, I managed to punch a hole in the wall. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, you know, like a baseball size hole maybe. Yeah. Then he managed to get through the concrete and they brought a snake cam. So they stick is this it in, in the there. cube? Like he yeah. punched yeah. a hole in the cube? Yeah, they like, I think he just there's used like, like a mallet and he just like busted a hole in so it. So it's like a cube back underneath the house and there's like maybe like a small person sized entrance that has been cemented off. Yeah. Like clearly like just hand cemented off because it's not well done. It looks no. like they just kind of piled it on there. Right. No, 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 no. I don't like this. 
Um, so they stick a snake cam in there and like, there's nothing in there. And, but at the same time, you know, we've all seen too many horror movies and this dude has his whole arm in there, like with the camera in there. And I'm like, you're going to get no, that thing no, ripped no, off. No, 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 no. <laughs> so you get like spooky, ooky interdimensional rabies from some. Exactly. Right. Fucking glowy eyed, big ass bird with a six foot footprint that takes 20 foot steps. We'll get to that. <laughs> I know, but there, solved it. We're done yeah. here. Actually, speaking of bird, like maybe that's what it was. Okay, so there's nothing in there, right? And so they kind of move the camera down to the ground, and there's like burnt remains. Just a lot of charred something. It's obvious. It's like really small bones and like little bits of hair. So obviously, it's like an animal, because the bones are like some of them are intact and they're too small to like be human bones at all. So fortunately, it's not human bones in there. Um, but there really is no explanation as to what that is. Like, did they did they burn them and then wall it up? Why did they do that? Why did they wall this thing up? There's nothing in there. Yeah. It's just kind of like a little bit of rubble and some burnt animal bones. Yeah. Which sounds really like, like Native American ritualistic kind of to me too. Um, creepy as fuck. It's, I didn't it's sleep for like two hours. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where... It's it's not like the individual pieces that are all like the weird. It's just when you put everything together. I mean, like just a, a walled-in space where something was very obviously like almost ritually burned is what it looks like. And yeah, they break it open though, which I you know I've watched every horror movie I've ever seen says don't break open a closed space like that. Yeah, they bust it open and crawl in it. Yeah, and then he sweeps up some of the bones and takes it with them. Like I'm, this is how you get haunted. I mean, I can't like blame. It. I would have done the same thing, but that's not the point. The point is you shouldn't. But yeah, I wouldn't live in the house anymore, though. They still live in the house, and I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they live in the house in the first place. There's no way they didn't know anything about the lore, and they were like, yeah, let's move in there. And now there's just a giant gaping hole in this dark room, and you can't really see in it that well. I would cement it back off. I would just put a nice poster there, something that makes me happy, something nice and fun, just a giant smiley face. You're just giving it the college dorm room. Looks yeah. like your first rental treatment. Like, oh shit, I gouged the paint. We're just gonna yeah, post totally. Just also works for it. demons. Yeah, yeah, I like the dorm room idea though. Put a little nightstand there with a lava yeah. lamp, just an empty beer can. We smashed Call a hole in this man cemented wall in the basement, cementing off a very small room. Yeah. So by this logic, slumlord equals demon. Cool, 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 cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was fucking scary, and that's in said uh, one. Yes. Uh, and they still live there. They're still living in that house uh, where they hear noises consistently. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't like any of the houses. Not really oh. about the enclosed spaces parts of this. Do you I want, enjoy the ranch. While we're on Homestead 1, though, do you want to talk about the Charmins, Chelsea? Yeah, because, like, it. just, like, considering that people have been living there before and after the Shermans with, like, like, weird stuff was happening, but, like, not nearly as much. I'm like, what did the Shermans do? Like, damn, people. Um, okay, so, um, like, the Shermans themselves, I don't think we're that interesting, but that's fine. Um, basic cattle ranchers um, and, you know, closest town uh, was, they were significantly out in the country. Um, and, like, nothing really weird started happening until they, like, got there um but basically they rolled up to the house and like outside on either end of this house there are these large metal stakes with chains on it like 
you would attach a guard dog to you or something, but there are multiple and the scale is like double what you would need for your average guard dog. So like, that's one weird thing going on. And then also like when they get into the house, they find that there are like, not just like, you know, a little bike lock, but like fucking padlocks. Like we aren't fucking around with these things. You need more than a set of bolt cutters to deal with these. Um, But the padlocks are on the inside and outside of every single door closets interior doors exterior doors windows like the, wasn't it like on the cabinets and shit too yeah like everything was, that opens which my question is with that is like why are there i mean like why in general but also like there is no way you can use a padlock on the inside of a cupboard where you like keep your coffee mugs like yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> what like they were just that desperate i guess for whatever it is they were trying to keep out yeah so like whatever these locks were doing like that freaks me out so much because there's clearly something going on where like the locks have like for me locks are a very strong image just like in terms of like what that conveys there's a key there's a lock there's movement to it it's like just in terms of being a visual person like that's a very strong image and then to have these um, apparently superfluous locks on the insides of kitchen cupboards, like that freaks me out because it speaks to something that I can never comprehend or even try to. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's why the locks freak me out so much. And it's like, I never found any explanation for it. I didn't like do a deep dive into any subreddits or anything to try and find <laughs> theories. Um, but I, uh, I, I might you? have, Sort of a theory. Um, they they were talking about how, like in the in the Jeremy Corbell documentary, mm-hmm. the Hunt for the Skinwalker one, they were talking about how they were seeing like shadowy figures outside the house, mm-hmm. like heavy footsteps. Yep, and then and they came uh, inside. Yeah, the shadowy figures started appearing in doorways and like in reflections, especially windows and at the foot of beds. It's always at the foot of the bed. I know, right? Hate it. Um, but they part of that story is that like so like people would lose things like in the house or like they go inside of something lock the door and like for example the wife went into the bathroom to take a shower and lock the door Mm -hmm. and then like her hairbrush and her towel and like everything else disappeared from the room but the door was still locked and then there were things like the groceries unpacking themselves and things coming out of cabinets so like maybe that's why they locked the cabinets but if it's like if it's a lock from the inside, that's the part that doesn't make sense to me. Because, like, your macaroni noodles aren't going to be all like, oh, time to lock in tonight. <laughs> Which would be adorable, but... Adorable also kind of scary in its own right. Because then you have poltergeist macaroni. <laughs> anyway, all kinds of weird stuff going on with this house. And a lot of it, like, seems very poltergeisty, just very mischievous. And that was something that, like, several of the podcasts I listened to on this, like, came back to was the themes of trickery and like it seems so nonsensical but if you reframe it in terms of like playing pranks and just like chaos for chaos sake um and like you get the trickster theme in almost every world mythology Um, if you reframe it in that context like it makes a little more sense um like if something's toying with the humans in this area kind of like a kid will toy with a bug or like put a piece of tape on a cat's foot was 
my favorite one that I heard. <laughs> but yeah, just the poltergeisty stuff is super weird. Um, yeah, we can continue into the poltergeist stuff because that's that's very much like a. It again goes with both of the homesteads because both are consistently mm-hmm. there's there's poltergeist activity and like one of the things that you see in homestead one too is apparently like talking about the locks on cabinets and stuff is that you know it's the same type of poltergeist activity you get which is like things opening up things closing you know mm-hmm. like different inanimate objects yeah that are doing things they're not supposed to and you know it's it's most likely maybe a reason why there were locks on things it still doesn't make a lot of sense all of the locks like i couldn't macaroni really friendly locks i don't know <laughs> like i don't well like there was also all those instances of things they were using or just objects that would disappear and then reappear like several feet away or in a different yeah. spot well it, maybe they put the locks i didn't think about this maybe they put the locks on the inside of the cabinets. That way, when the shadow people walked through their houses, they could get inside the cabinets and lock themselves in to be safe. (laughs) What? That seems fine. (laughs) No. Yeah. Where else are you going to go? There's shadow people everywhere. There's a demon walking through your house, and you have yet to burn the animal and lock it in the concrete room. So you lock yourself in the cabinet instead. Okay. I'm going to call that Mr. Soft. (laughs) Um. So another thing that pops up with these two is orbs. orbs. So many orbs. Our favorite thing. Balls of light. And they're always they're everywhere. They are. Yeah, a lot of people just like people that are there claim to see orbs like orbs. in broad daylight or um, at night, any time of the day, you know. If if you've listened to this podcast before, you might know that we don't particularly orbs love orbs. Uh <laughs> Orbs pop up all the time, paranormal stuff, and they're never really I feel like maybe much of anything. I'm going to say 90% of the time, it's dust or a bug. <laughs> it, 90% of the time, it's dust, honestly. It's just, and the amount of videos that I've seen, there's a, uh, there's a, Col- there's a Colorado Paranormal Research Society, and they put up a whole bunch of videos of orbs that I was watching for our Riverdale Road. That's what it was. I was watching it for the Riverdale Road, one that we did, and... Every single time it was like, like one, even I remember she put her suitcase down on a bed in an old hotel room and there's just like, she was like holding her camera and she's like, look, there's orbs everywhere. It was just dust everywhere. And she had flash on. Yeah. It, <laughs> so. When you have a heavy beam of light, you're probably going to catch some. Okay. So the orb thing for me, like most of the time it's people who don't know how to clean their lens or know how fucking dust works, which like what? Um, yeah. But, like, most of the time, those photos, those videos, the orbs aren't doing anything. They're just kind of like the, you know, quote-unquote orbs. Yeah. They're, they're not doing anything. They're just kind of there. They're just being like, whoop, I'm a piece of light, probably a dust. And, um, but, like, so part of my fascination with Skinwalker Ranch is how nothing seems to happen passively. Like, everything seems to have direction or purpose or some kind of motivation like not that we can necessarily see it or understand it but like even the orbs like uh i'm thinking of like you know we keep hinting at the cattle but like the orbs surrounding the cattle before something dun dun happens to the to them or like um or the there was the orb at the nighttime i think this was um in the nibs era there was like an orb during the nighttime that ended up being some kind of a portal but like these orbs had agency they were portents before bad things happen or almost 
heralds happening yeah. at the same time, similar to how like Mothman rides that that line between portent and herald. Um, I don't know. Yes. These orbs kind of freak me out because they do have that agency. Um, That's I fair. didn't look up orb photos or videos in this context. I just I uh, limited my looking up of images to cows. Which is fair. I mean, there's too many cow mutilations on this. Yeah. So many. Which we'll get Ooh. into. But yeah, no, I mean, that is fair. So the truth is that uh, <laughs> the majority of the stuff that seems to happen on this ranch does have some type of purpose, at least. Like you said, like it's not just like an idle orb floating around. It's opening up a portal or it's showing you the way somewhere. Or it's Tinkerbell yeah, giving you flight. I wouldn't say purpose. Like, I think that was a... A miss, I misspoke on that, but like I think agency, like it's going somewhere yeah. and going something, but it's the same kind of like agency that a five year old has where you're like, What you doing? <laughs> okay, you're going over to the uh imaginary, imaginary candy store at the other side of the room. Cool, 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 cool. Like, am I gonna call that purpose? No, but is it agency? Definitely, and motive? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. That's fair. Um, <laughs> I was going to say the thing that freaks me out about all this poltergeist stuff is the strange voices. Yeah. Um, there were a yeah. lot of ones where people heard voices above their heads. And it's like weird chiding voices that aren't speaking English. But they still understand them. Yeah, a couple of them did. And... Yeah. It's the fact that it's above them is really creepy too. Cause it's not like, Oh, I heard a voice coming from the house over there. Or, oh, I heard a voice coming from the basement. It's above them. Which I don't like. Yeah. No. That's like something's watching you, you know, like looking down on you. That unsettles me. Nope. 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 I, mean, guys, I think the most out of all of these, the one that still unsettles me the most it's just the knocking sounds just because it the ended knocking up leading from the floor is to, the worst right because it ended up leading them to a hollow cube underneath the ground and that's it's a very uncomfortable purposefully built cube where knocking sounds were coming from and that's yeah i still can't believe they opened it but that that one always always bothers me i always feel like that's the scariest thing for like poltergeist activity is not even like voices or anything because like, especially if you live in an apartment or something like that, it could be someone around you or someone you didn't know is outside. Mm. But, like, in, like intent knocking is just weird. Like, there's there's an intention there, usually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and another thing with poltergeist-like things is a lot of people report having, um, like, hitchhikers, which is basically, like, people still experience weird shit happening after they've left the ranch. Yeah. Um, kind of like being haunted. It's that old like horror movie cliche where like the priest comes in and he tells you like it's not the house that's haunted that you just moved from, it's actually you. Yeah. That thing. Yeah. So um I know they talked about that a lot in the Corbell documentary where <laughs> there's like a whole scene at the end where one guy is like, Hello hitchhikers, please don't follow me home. <laughs> <laughs> and um I don't think I heard any specific stories about people being followed home by hitchhikers but it is something that i'm always you know a little paranoid about when doing anything supernatural i think i did come across that but now i'm trying to think which article that was in um it might have been the vice one like the reporter was warned about that um but i would have to go back and check usually Um, the, the three main warnings that people get when they come onto the ranch is 
don't dig. Never dig. <laughs> um, no. You being here is going to cause more activity, and you being here may get you a hitchhiker. So be warned. Yay, have fun. Welcome yeah. to Paranormal Disneyland. Yeah, new guests are always <laughs> something that apparently causes more activity, which is also interesting. But it's a, it's a very excited hotbed of activity. Uh, one of the other things outside of, because that's pretty much everything. Nightmares, bad smells, decomposed sulfur, like, you know, you know the yeah. usual. Yeah. Ghosty demon things. Typical. Ooh. If you see it, hear it, or smell it, it might be a ghost, or it might just be your neighbors. Like it's one of those things. If it looks like a ghost, and it smells like a ghost, and it tastes like a ghost, it's a ghost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I should so, write children's books. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm sure children... Conspiracy children's books. ...would love that. <laughs> uh, but we can go into... like. There's also the alien side of things. Uh, and one of those is the crop circles, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't find a lot on the crop circles, but just like that, it's like weirdly accurate. But that's another thing that seems to be a through line with all of this. Um, and I guess we're just going to keep teasing the cow mutilations until yeah. the end. <laughs> so we could save the biggest for the last. We should do a two-parter and then put cow mutilations in the second part. <laughs> um, all right, we've covered squares. We've covered, now we're going to cover circles. I think with the UFOs, we're going to cover some triangles. Yeah. Let's do this. Um, so with the crop circles, like, like usually crop circles, I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's a crop circle. Like it's a super mm-hmm. aggro beetle or like some punk who can walk between the corn stalks, whatever. Don't care. I this like one, the like, super <laughs> aggro beetle thing. I don't think I've ever heard that from anyone. <laughs> So in Colorado, we get like uh, Japanese beetles, right? They're like yeah. these little guys. They're itty bitty and they're just like super iridescent. Like they would be really pretty if they didn't fucking wreck everything living. But yeah. especially like roses, anything blooming, they'll just like nest in there and like eat the flower from the inside out. Um, and so they just like wreck things. So that's what I mean by super aggro beetles. Is <laughs> like if something's in there and it's just like chop, 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 chop in a little circle, spirally circle going outwards. Um, now we welcome. I solved crop circles. You heard uh, it here first. Nobel Prize coming to me. Um, so yeah, like usually crop circles, I'm like, whatever. Um, but these ones kind of freak me out um, just because they are concentric so they're basically like evenly spaced out they are exactly eight feet in diameter so across not around um and they're arranged in triangles just like all of this again like so much agency and motivation but like what and then um these like the crop a lot of crop circles the crops just get flattened it's like somebody came down like there have been people who have landed helicopters in fields and that's caused a crop circle um, just from like the air Um, that flattens the crops, making a circle. The ones on Skinwalker Ranch, the dirt was removed. Like the plants are gone. It's like somebody took a big cookie cutter, pushed it down and scooped the whole dirt crop cookie out of the ground. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. There's and there's no evidence of dirt being piled next to these crop circles or being scattered or redistributed. It's just fucking gone. What? The entire cookie sent off to the bakery. I don't, I don't know. Like that. Right? 
Um, was this during the, like, when the Shermans were there or, like, later when there was security? Shermans. Okay. Shermaning. Because I was going to say, if it was while there was, like, all that high-tech security, another weird thing would be, you know, like, people couldn't get on the ranch mm-hmm. because there's, like, so much security. But I guess yeah. that doesn't count here. But even then, I think it was before um, the reputation of this ranch took off. So, basically, before that 1996 article. Um, and even though the ranch is really isolated, like, it's not, like on a road where high school kids go to hang out or like in a field where again, high school kids <laughs> go to like, yeah, go in a field and have a bonfire and drink or whatever. Like we'll just blame everything else on high school kids, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, it's so isolated. It was before this property like hit infamy so hard and then just like, crop and dirt entirely gone in these exact circles and consistent circles. Has it ever happened since? Like has Not, any of the I couldn't gotten find that? But yeah, I'm like so much of this happened with the Shermans that that definitely casts doubt in my mind to the authenticity or legitimacy of some of this. Like were they the ones causing this? Was one of their teenagers damn it, teenagers, um, like, messing with the Ouija board, like, come on, dudes, um, and, like, that kicked it up, or they hit, like, an extra special patch of dirt when they were digging a flower bed or something, um, so I wonder, like, Shermans, what's going on? What happened yeah, here? There, there are a few things with the Shermans that is, like, it only happened with you guys, so, like, why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and like, of course, there's all the other shit that's still happening, so. Yeah, yeah and, like, people yeah. have reported so much, like, weird stuff like all-purpose weird but like shermans are like very specific weird yeah and it's been known before for people to like just kind of make up paranormal stuff to Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like get more money for their farm because people will know about it and all that kind Mm -hmm. of thing or like the amityville house which is infamous for being faked and mm-hmm. well, and like the talking happens. mongoose story. Ah, I was just gonna say that. Uh, good old ah. Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. I was like, what was his name? Yeah, yeah. I I talked about him on something not too long ago, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that one. There's no way that one wasn't made up. But yeah, you know. It's but I mean, <laughs> also so many of these, um, and like especially poltergeisty stuff. It tends to be associated with um, adolescence and like kids going through these wild changes. Like, I mean, like the human brain is literally like undoing itself and redoing itself, which is like, yeah, what? Yeah. Um, human brain should get its own conspiracy theory. Uh, right. But, even is that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I kind of wonder about that because I've, found it a little interesting that the kids were so absent from so many of these stories. Um, like they were present with like some of the early stuff, like right when they moved in um, and we're going to tease cow mutilation again and like that one. But um, yeah, they're just kind of not present. Just yeah. Weird. That, is, that is a little weird. And like, like one of the things with crop circles too so a lot of times people dismiss things like that immediately because crop circles have been proven to be a hoax. I'd Me, say like, I do that. <laughs> I'd say like 75 to 80% of crop circles are usually easily proven as a hoax. Um, but there is still that whole factor of like, just because you can prove some of them are hoaxes doesn't make 
maybe that 15, 10% legitimate and, you know, doesn't make it legitimately odd or, you know, just nearly impossible. And this one is a little weird. Like the fact that there's no loose dirt, cookie cutter dirt. Weird. That is weird. (laughs) That is definitely a strange piece of this. Um, And I'm like, if you've ever tried to like scoop dirt in a tidy way, it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, and, and speaking of stories with the children present, there's the giant invincible wolf story. Mm. Are we going to talk about the wolves? Was this the first day that they moved, they were on the ranch or was it like just in that early time period? I forget. I don't remember it being the first day. Yeah, as far as I know, it's just the early time period. Yeah. It was like, it was like in the first my, few months. In my brain, it was like one of the first few days, but I think that's just me like cinematographizing my brain or whatever. <laughs> um, and uh, so basically like, um, I think it's the, was it the oldest son and the father, Terry is his name. They were outside and like, I think the kids were on like on a, a flatbed trailer. They were just like a little bit removed. And Gwen, I think her name is the wife. She was like on the porch, but basically this enormous wolf comes like just walking on up to them, acting like a puppy dog. It was like, about 200 pounds is what I typically read. And it like its head came up to these, these men's chests. And these guys are like over six feet tall. So this is a big fucking animal. And like the detail that stuck with me was the bright blue eyes, like unnaturally blue eyes in a wolf. Mm. And basically this enormous wolf comes up to the father and the eldest son, like late teens, is acting like a puppy dog, like leaning in for pets and attention. And and they had just like unloaded some cattle. I think they were all young cattle or they may be were mother calf duos, like into the corral. So those were nearby. But this wolf is just like acting like it's been domesticated. Like, no big deal. And so then, like, the younger kids come over and start petting it, and they're, like, making friends with this. And, like, you know, you know when dogs are into the attention. And they ask the dad, like, oh, hey, can we keep it? Can we keep it as a pet? He's like, "Mm, no, I don't think so, because he's a cattle rancher. Cattle ranchers and wolves don't really go together, right? Also the size wolves. No, thanks. I mean, it's like, you know, one and a half of me give or take. And he's like, nope, nope. And at this point, the wolf is kind of done with the attention of the humans, goes over to the corral. And different different um, accounts that I read said this differently. The, the freakiest one was that basically the, one of the calves had like put its head through the bars and had kind of reached that catatonic trance state. Like it was just like completely zoned out with its head between the bars. Um, and that goes back to some of the skinwalker legends with the mind control and the um, getting inside of people's heads, I guess cows in this case. But this wolf yeah. went over, got this calf by the head, and was trying to pull it the rest of the way through the bars. So the father and the oldest son go over and they're kicking it and they're hitting it with sticks, which like, that's a dumb fucking thing to do with a wolf. Right. Um, it's dumb to do with that. a regular wolf. It's Let dumb to do yeah. with a dog, a small yeah. dog that's attacking things. Like Especially you don't do that with cats, right? <laughs> and, um, so they're like kicking it and they're beating it with like a stick is what most accounts say. And the wolf's just like, eh whatever. And so dad goes and gets a 
like a, a smaller gun. I don't know guns. I'm sorry. But my understanding is it was a smaller gun and like shoots at it a couple of times, two or three times. And the wolf doesn't phase it at all. And then he's like, all right, we're getting a bigger gun. Literally, it's a shotgun. So not fucking around. Just and <laughs> basically he sinks like six rounds from a shotgun into this oversized wolf from close range. They have been kicking it recently. It's right there. And like they see fur and bits of flesh flying. And even then this wolf is still just like unfazed. Yeah. And it's kind of like, meh, I'm out. And like just kind of walks off. Like no big deal. Just another Tuesday for this big ass oversized wolf. So anyway, father and teenage son start tracking this wolf. Again, it's paws are going to be fucking enormous because the 200 fucking pound wolf no big deal they're tracking it they're tracking it and then the tracks just stop like in the middle of the field gone yep nothing i heard another account where they tracked the tracks all the way to like a, a creek or something that goes through the ranch mm-hmm. and you could see the tracks go into the creek and then a couple out of the creek and then it just stops there too okay was so this like, during yeah. the day or was this at night? I don't remember. This was during the day. It was during the day. Okay. Mm-hmm. As most of the things that happen at Skinwalker Ranch, which is mm-hmm. another creepy part about it. Some weird stuff at night, though. There is. Oh, no. No. It, the, there's a fair share of weirdness nothing. at night. It's just that more <laughs> happens during the day here than most places. Since most places are uh-huh. like, if you want to see the activity, you go at night. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not really how Skinwalker Ranch works. Uh, I will say real quick for anyone that doesn't know what a dire wolf is. Uh, it, if you've seen Game of Thrones, the bigger wolves on there are dire wolves. Uh, and they often show up in like those medieval stories and things like that. However, they are animals were that real. were extinct uh, about 10,000 years ago. They were absolutely real. And they were big. They were really big. Uh, like if you see one, it's a dire fucking situation. That's yeah. how I remember it. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, but like when they when these people were asked to like identify what kind of animal it was that they were dealing with, they pointed to a dire wolf, which, like we just said, is fucking extinct. Yeah. So in this being during the day, I will say it does add to the like believability of the story to me a little bit just because it's not at night so you're not you're not as likely to see something completely off kilter from what you know was actually there however i will still refer back to our mothman episode the very first one that we did and we uh we watched an episode of the show monster quest where they do a really good test on what witnesses see and what witnesses don't see by setting up different size creatures on the side of the road and I think it is still another one of those cases where it does make me question whether or not it was like in the excitement, how big the creature was, or if it actually was that big. Cause if it's actually that big, it's still, it's even more terrifying. It's terrifying either way, honestly, though. I mean, like there's gotta be even, I mean, like we always go over, like there's gotta be some point of truth in that, even if most of it's a lie. So like at some point there is a creature that just would not go down and kept attacking their cattle and then mm-hmm. left and disappeared. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I mean, there's the off chance that his shot was that bad. <laughs> Stormtrooper, yeah. <laughs> but for a professional cattle rancher, I'm assuming his shot was a little better. Hopefully. <laughs> I would hope you know? he at least got, I mean, like if they got close enough to hit it with a stick, I don't know why you wouldn't mm-hmm. get close enough just to shoot it point blank at that point. Right. Which like, that's what the reports say, but you know, like we've just, we know reports, witness reports are highly fallible and yeah. they did collect like fur and flesh samples from 
the the shotgun shots. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. So this is this is kind of like the main like weird wolf story, and um, mm-hmm. it's that's that's basically the story also of uh, skinwalkers. Is the whole thing with them is they're uh, shapeshifters and they can take on the form of a wolf mm-hmm. or like a human esque wolf. But yeah. they're um, it's like shapeshifting driven by need. Um, so it sounds like the more direct translation from the Navajo is, um, like, like there are different kinds of, uh, skinwalkers, but that like, it's, it's a need driven transformation. So if you need to fly, you fly, you become a bird. If you need to swim, you become a fish. Um, it sounds like some of these traditions, um, the wolf is the final form. Like you go through a spectrum and kind of stop where you need to be, but the wolf is the final one. Um, but there's also like the partial transformation stories where you have the bipedal form um, where like the one that stuck with me was somebody driving down a road and there's like an old like hand pump well, kind of like middle of nowhere, like abandoned gas station situation, something like that. But basically somebody drove up and was like, oh, there's a woman at this old like hand pump well, like WTF. And um they roll up and she turns around and like has the head of a dog. And this dude's like, Nope, later days. <laughs> and <laughs> um, should be. And looks in the rear view mirror and she's gone. Um, but that's something that you see a lot with the skinwalker legends is the, um, the lurking and the, the isolated, isolated seat sight um, of them where they're like kind of peeking up in a window or like, down an alleyway or down a road in an abandoned place and also luring people in. Because, like, humans are very social creatures. Like, we see somebody on their own where they aren't supposed to be and we're like, ooh, hey, buddy, you okay? So... Unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The Skinwalker connection is very interesting because it's, like, this need-driven thing. But also, so much of the folklore... I, I shouldn't call it folklore. It's just stories. Different stories, different mythologies um lore yeah it's lore yeah yeah but uh there are skinwalker variations in most of the southwestern indigenous traditions like most of the the pueblos the hopi the navajo the ute um all have variations on the shape shifting and several of the traditions i don't parse out which one was which the skinwalker gained that ability to shapeshift, usually through some kind of taboo behavior or abuse of magic or tradition. Yep. So especially with the taboo stuff, it was like some kind of a serious offense against family or community, right. uh, usually just straight up murder, like eh, I murdered my sibling. Yeah, which usually is why I think the skinwalker is you know, it's an evil entity because it's mm-hmm. somebody who was already evil. So basically they're being like, and, is it punished really? Well, so there's, so there's multiple versions. Maybe. Like you said, Chelsea, there's tons of versions. I've actually, I've done a lot of research on uh, skinwalkers and windigos and stuff like that because mm-hmm. I was writing something on them and I was curious exactly what you like, what term to use and exactly who they came from. And then I found out that there's no specific one. They come from multiple tribes. They all have different names for them, but they're all basically the same. However, well, and I would add that it's not specific to North America at all. Right. Like the, the shape shifting trope tradition um, is pretty universal to humans. Just like it's everywhere. Yeah, it is. And 
it's it's one of those things where like they vary so little that it's all it's all pretty much the same lore like it's all pretty much the same stories they just like to answer Allie's question like sometimes though where they differ is sometimes it is like a punishment in a way you know it's a punishment for something like cannibalism or something like that and then there's other times where with the Navajo for instance one of the main stories you see is that it is a witch who kind of gained like a power more like mm-hmm. gained an ability rather than a punishment it's actually something that helps you in life uh and but they're still evil they're still considered something that's not you know normal uh yeah, it's it's one of those things that varies so heavily, but they're all consistent enough to where you're like, these people all think of the same thing or at least are seeing something similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, something that I did come across in the, because I did a little bit more research just into the Skinwalker traditions because there seemed to be so much in all of these like overview articles and podcasts. It was like, there were, it seemed like there was a lot of conflation where everybody was like, oh, in the indigenous tradition, but like there are so many different indigenous traditions. It's yeah. such a classic colonial move to be all like, they're all the same and yeah, part of the same the great tradition. Like, no, the no, they're, they're different. They're fucking it's, different. It's easier um, to categorize things if they're all just the same thing. So you just... <laughs> <laughs> True story, but they are. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I found a statement from Adrienne Keene, and she is um, an indigenous author and historian in the United States. Um, I did not find her tribal affiliation if she does have one or if that's public knowledge. Um, and she, she basically stated that skinwalkers are not things that need or should be discussed by outsiders. It's very much one of those beings in tradition that invoking the name invokes the being. Oh, cool. One of those. Mm-hmm. Don't like mm-hmm. that either. Skinwalkers are probably one of my least favorite <laughs> as far as terrifying things that I've learned mm-hmm. about so far. <laughs> But I also wonder if that plays into confirmation bias. Like you see people going to these, going to these places, going to UFO hotspots, going to Skinwalker Ranch, going to, you know, Pacific Northwest to look for Sasquatches. And because they are there looking for those or evidence of those, of these present, of these creatures, these beings, they find evidence of that. You see that with organized religion most creation mythologies it's such a human experience to have that confirmation bias and i wonder if that like invocation of a being through its name um again that's a pretty universal thing certainly see that in the judeo-christian more western traditions Uh, i wonder if that's just a theme on a variation there Mm -hmm. yeah okay are we done with skinwalkers we're never done with skinwalkers thank you yeah exactly So. (laughs) so that was basically you know like what a skinwalker actually is um and it's the reason why the whole ranch is called Skinwalker Ranch, because supposedly, oh, I guess I do have one more little bit about that. I've read and also heard in the documentaries that this specific ranch has been cursed with the spirit of a skinwalker from like the Ute side, I think. It was it was the Navajos that cursed the Ute, is the story. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it's true, it's something that people tell to yeah, go with the it- mythology of. From what I could find, it was pretty much unsubstantiated from any from any tribal entity. And frankly, I'm going to trust any tribal entity telling stories about itself over 
Yeah, the one that I did here was that it was the guy who showed up on the History Channel's docuseries Mm. about Skinwalker Ranch. He did say that the Ute were cursed on that land, but he did not still confirm the story that the the Navajo specifically Mm -hmm. did it. So just so people know, part of the conspiracy is that, however, it is not proven at all. Yeah, There's, there's, There's nothing to substantiate it. But it is, the whole ranch is surrounded with native land, like reservations. And they all, like there's a lot of people, I guess, that locals have talked to who say they'll they'll turn their heads away when coming past the ranch because it's so cursed Mm -hmm. or whatever. So it is, you know, it it is bad place. (laughs) Um, And the ridge is known to be the path of the skinwalker, which I mentioned earlier. Which kind of creeps me out because it's like, oh, we know this is exactly where this thing walks around and now we're in its way. <laughs> well, and there's, um, what is it, Bottle Reservoir? Did you all come across that? It didn't. I did not. It wasn't originally a body of water, but it was like a, not a full canyon, but like a little canyon. And people would throw bottles into it, like glass bottles. Um, and then at some point there was a dam, it turned into a reservoir, so now it's a body of water. And it was like, in the, it's like adjacent to Skinwalker Ridge. That reservoir is, has some super weird stuff going on too. Um, so yeah, the entire bottom of this reservoir is filled with glass bottles basically. And there've hmm. been reports of a large snake-like creature. Um, oh, nope. In there. <laughs> um, yeah, and like, again, more of like the light sightings and the orbs and like that very, the, the like, Lights with agency. Uh, and I mean, you know, right in UFO alley. So they're usually UFO sightings or whatever. But people being pulled into the water. Nope, again. By okay. something right. yeah. big and scaly. And there have been reports in that ilk. But that's, you know, again, immediately adjacent to this area. I think it's on the same side as that ridge. It might be on, just on the other side. Cool. Probably should have written that down. But in the path of the skinwalker. Here we are. Uh, so reservoirs made with bottles on the bottom. Don't just avoid it for the broken glass. <laughs> in There's also apparently reptilian know. monsters in there. Cool. Um, Thank you for your travel review. <laughs> <laughs> Zero stars. Yeah. Anyway, so that's, you know, the ridge part. Yeah. And, you know, where the whole thing gets its name. And we were talking about... Uh, the creepy wolf things earlier, which is, which could be, you know, like a manifestation of the skinwalker, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one, the crazy wolf story is not the only one either that has really happened here. Nothing like really that big. Well, there were the horses too. Did you guys come across that one? It's a cattle ranch. They have horses to herd the cattle, like, you know, pretty run of the mill, but basically like the horses were freaking out. So they went to go and check on them. And this is Sherman era again. And the horses were freaking out and like, they kind of saw something in there, but it was a little bit unclear again in the daytime. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was something bipedal with apparently like a red tail. And so it almost looked like a partial, like a canine humanoid figure, maybe leaning towards the Fox end of the canine spectrum question mark but apparently it was it was either very indistinct or it just like looked like there were flashes of it um or it was like hiding in the horses but basically when they went to look there were i believe three claw mark slashes on many of the horses yeah that does sound familiar 
don't know. Was that in the Corval documentary? Mm, I heard and read about it so. a few places. I feel like that's one I came yeah. across. Yeah. I just there remember were... specifically slashes being mentioned. Yeah, like on the on the horses. Right. Um, that was the only story I came across with the horses. Um, but there were several stories of like bipedal canine human forms so like the there was the the woman pumping water there was the horses there was another it was more wolfish if i remember right i think again with the blue eyes keeping pace with a car i think that might have been on the ranch property but yeah there were definitely like little sprinkles of bipedal canine forms i mean like speaks to that the the skinwalker and the transformation traditions right. there's also lore about things literally just called dogmen and there have been sightings of, of the same thing basically in the area of the uintah basin so it's not just the ranch it's like the whole place and it's it's not you know it's not always described as a skinwalker either it's just you know weird humanoid canine-ish creatures which is weird because i don't know if you've ever seen a dog try to walk on its hind legs but it's not very agile on it i mean like with the dog things like there's just a lot of attacks like that in general and even on the history channel one there was an alpaca that got attacked by a pack of either dogs or coyotes or some type of canine the caretakers said it was weird because all the dogs were were significantly significantly different sizes right and mm, it was also a horrible clip to watch because the alpacas were like screaming and it was it was pretty bad heartbreaking it, it, they lived they're I mean, alive we should, we should preface that they're alive they're happy i don't remember their names they got them off the ranch they're good but it, it reminded me a <laughs> lot of the dire wolf story because one one of the caretakers the guy who actually saw any of them with his own eyes he said that one of them one of the animals just refused to get off of the alpaca like all the other ones ran away and there was one specific one that stayed there and kept biting it like wouldn't leave and then finally he managed to get it to go away yeah he was throwing things he was throwing things at it yeah things too was was there like the the trance the catatonic state in any of the uh i don't think that was happening there was only two alpacas in this enclosure and um it was only attacking one too because the, the second one was, one was totally yeah, fine. Yeah, the group had targeted one yeah. specifically. And well, I mean, predatory animals do that, right? They're all like, yeah. "You, your dinner." Um, <laughs> I choose you. But also, you. like, <laughs> if the alpaca was screaming, I'm like, they're a little bit of a. They're kind of drama queens sometimes. Oh yeah, no, because they like are. they're the ones that like hum when they're happy. I don't know if you've ever looked that up. I guess they were saying that it was hard to tell what kind of animal it was, that they were dog-like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, the History Channel thing was also kind of a little more, like, skeptical to me because it's so highly edited and it's like, oh, we can just mush this together and make it seem creepy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that one for sure was like, okay, you're out in the middle of the desert and you know what's out there? Lots of coyotes. You know what coyotes do? Travel in packs and yeah, try to eat nice. animals. Yeah, <laughs> but we will get into that and we will get into uh, more on the next episode since this is running longer than we had expected. This was part one. Secret We get to stay at Disneyland longer. Yay! Yay! <laughs> oh, I'm so I excited. I want a churro. <laughs> yes, Haunted churro. churro. 
anyway, uh, we are on social media. You can follow us at Twitter and Facebook and anywhere you find us. We're there. Thanks for listening to this to this first part. We will see you next week. Let us two. know if you've been to Skinwalker Ranch and Let how you survived. If you're going to go to Skinwalker Ranch, if you know someone who's been there, or if you're Brandon Fugel and you own it, I would love to talk to you. Uh, or if you live near it. There's or if you stuff. live near it, because there's a whole bunch of people that live near it. Let us know too. But again, I'm Cameron, like usual. That's Ali, like usual. Thank you, Chelsea, for being on this one. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Stay stitious, everyone. Okay, bye. <laughs>